When you talk about great champions of the Bible, I could not help but to think of the passage in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57. It says, Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're exhorted from that verse as we see in verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. How grateful we are to have the victory in Christ Jesus, to be in Christ where there is no condemnation, Romans 8.1, to be in Christ and to embrace all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Folks, I got here a while ago and I looked up and that clock said a quarter to six. I look up now and it still says a quarter to six. And so I don't know the official clock. I've always been paranoid of congregations that put clocks where brethren can see it. I'm reminded of the preacher one time that uh, he would notice people would have a tendency to look back at the clock. And um, one day he took a piece of paper and wrote very bold letters, Remember Lot's Wife. And stuck it on the clock. And I'm thankful for that. So Rick told me to go as long as I wanted. He's lying. Whenever you tell a preacher go as long as you want, they never mean it. I was reading your bulletin back there and noticed that last Sunday night you had a men's meeting. This will be a brief meeting. Yeah, right. There hasn't been a brief meeting since the day of Pentecost, folks. And so... uh, We think about that. It's good we can come together. It's good we can enjoy just a moment of laughter. Great champions of the Bible. Can I pause for a moment? When you walk in the doors of this place, you can't help but to think of the great champions that made up the White Oak congregation through the years. I miss J.C. Watkins. I wish I'd have spent more time with him, visiting with him at Martin Boyd. Preachers get busy. Rick, that's a sorry excuse. We can always do better. Brother Garnet Randolph, remember visiting with him? Brother Bobby and I were talking about that earlier. Remember visiting with him not long before he passed? What a giant of a man. What a good man. Rick, I'm going to tell you something. There's no pressure, but you're standing on shoulders of giants when you come to this place. Ernest and Emily Jackson are white oak individuals, and we love having them at Eastside, and we're thankful for them. And they both grew up here. Just look back through the years how grateful we are. Would you turn your Bibles to Proverbs 31? I'm going to drop down to verse 10. Tonight, we're going to talk about a great champion of the Bible, the woman worth her weight in gold. She's called a virtuous woman in verse 10. And I don't know that I'm going to say anything tonight that you probably haven't heard before. It's Proverbs 31. is usually a very popular Mother's Day text. And I don't know that I'm going to say anything that's new, but tonight I hope that you'll find that we can be appreciative of the lady that's worth her weight in gold. Gold is precious. Peter talked about how our faith is like gold tried in the fire. Gold is a precious commodity. You look at the gold prices. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say something, think it in your mind. You're watching local television, could be probably Channel 12, Channel 9, or Channel 3. You'll see a commercial that come on that will say, Rick Davis, gold and diamonds. And so it stands out, that catches your attention. 
I will buy your gold. I will give you the best price. In Proverbs 31, we see a woman that's worth her weight in gold. Would you read with me, beginning with verse 10, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth out, not, not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, She reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Verse 24. She maketh fine linen and selleth it. And delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. May the Lord bless us always with the reading, and the hearing, and the application of His Word. What a precious, precious woman. Make no mistake about it. Godly women are champions. They are worth their weight in gold. What a wonderful pattern you and I see here in Proverbs 31. As I was thinking on this lesson this morning, doing a little reviewing, doing a little thinking, it occurred to me that some of the best encouragers that a preacher has are godly women in a congregation. It is amazing the wisdom that they share, the faithfulness they have, the diligence that they put forth, and the years may draw nigh where teaching a Bible class may not be in their repertoire anymore. Maybe sometimes those beloved sisters are slowing down a bit and health is affecting them, but my, they have a good word. And they love it when you come by and sit at the house. And they love it when you can just visit and you talk about the things pertaining to the gospel. Tonight, I want you and I to look at four key areas of why this lady is worth her weight in gold. 
I wanted to read the text because now I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a little highlighting. And it looks like that I brought that umbrella in to no avail. I I knew two things for sure coming this way. I-24 and I-75 traffic is horrible. Fortunately, I came against the flow. And number two, I was going to bring an umbrella in here because I'm telling you folks, here lately the Lord is reminding us who is still in charge. And let it rain because we'll want it in July. She's worth her weight in gold in four areas. They all start with the letter I. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you. Then we'll come back and talk about it. We're going to talk about her influence. We're going to talk about her increasing. We're going to talk about how she impacts. And then we're going to talk about how she is involved. I hope you'll enjoy this. It is just a... Whenever you study a text, you always try to see something that you haven't seen before just as a Bible student. I want you to notice, first of all, she's worth her weight in gold. This great champion of the Bible is worth her weight in gold because of the husband she influences. I want you to key in on verses 11, 12, and verse 23. Verse 11 tells us, in essence, there's no lack of gain. He is a profitable man. Parallel with that, Proverbs 19.14 that says, House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. Her influence in her husband's life makes him a profitable man. In verse 12, I want you to notice there's no lack of good. He is a blessed man. In Proverbs 12.4, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. She makes him a blessed man. In verse 23, notice that there is no lack of reputation, for he is a respected man. He is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Proverbs 18.22 reminds us, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. You put those three things together, you find that in verse 11, once again, he is a profitable man. He has a trust in his wife that does not waver. In verse 12, how she will do him good and not evil. He has that trust in her. He knows that. And as he is a respected man, because the home life is good, and because that wife is worth her weight in gold, he is able to go out and impact the community and the area wherein he resides, which makes it better for his household. Oh, dear friends, to look at the power of the husband she influences. After all, when the Lord created woman, He looked and he saw it was not good for man to be alone. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to argue with the Lord. He was absolutely right. And in Genesis 2 and verse 23, Eve was called a help meet. Because God looked down and said, It's not good for man to be alone, and I will make him an help meet. And from the rib of man, he took and he created woman. 
It's been said, and I'm sure Rick has used this. I don't know a lot of preachers that haven't. It's certainly not original with me. He didn't take the bone from the skull, didn't want woman to be above man, didn't take the bone from the foot, didn't want man to trample upon woman, but took the bone from the side where woman could be beside him, be his friend and help him and hold him and hold him up. Now, I don't know if that's God's thinking, but I think it's pretty creative of man's wisdom as to why. But then we continue to look through the text. Think about Aquila and Priscilla. How they worked well together, Acts 18, 26. Rick, I believe you all discussed that last week. So I'm not going to go any further on that one. But you know, we take a look and we see, just when you see how they're worded together, how they helped that young man, Apollos, train that champion. One of my favorite texts is 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 and 2, to where Peter speaks of the woman and how with her lifestyle, without the Word, she can bring her husband to Christ. That is impressive. That stands forth so strong. Several years ago at Polishing the Pulpit, I was listening to Johnny LeMaster. Now, for those of you in this room, old baseball fans, back in the 70s, he played for the Giants, and he also played for the A's later in his career in the Pirates. I've gotten to know Johnny a little bit. Pleasant guy. Have good conversation. and gotten to know him some. And I cannot recall if he still serves as an elder or not, but at that time there were four men serving as elders. And those four men serving as elders, all four of them were converted early in their marriage by their wives. I thought, that's impressive. And now all four men served and may continue to serve there at Paintsville, Kentucky. That speaks so strong. Speaks so strong of ladies. A champion worth her weight in gold that makes her husband a champion. Tonight as I look throughout this audience, I see those of you ladies who bless your heart. Your husband, you had such a great influence on him. And I'm thankful for that. But I'm also mindful that when you think about that influence, it actually does not stop. Because if you stay with me, let's go that she is worth her weight in gold, not only because of the husband she influences, but take it another step. She is also worth her weight in gold because she has a household that increases. I want you to notice now verses 14 and 15, verses 21 and 22, and verses 27 and 28. And I want you to look at these characteristics. You see, not only does she have a good influence in her husband and makes him a better man. To those of you that are still looking for Mr. Right or you've had yet to begin looking for Mr. Right, find that man who will help you get to heaven and that you will help him get to heaven. But look at the one who now, the woman worth her weight in gold, has a household that increases. For example, look at verses 14 and 15. Hunger is non-existent. She will rise while it is yet night. She giveth meat. She bringeth her food from afar. Verse 14, hunger is non-existent in that house. Look at 21 and 22. Clothing is plentiful. And when you look at those descriptions, the seasons will not catch her off guard. She will have adequate clothing for the winter. She will have adequate clothing for the summer. The seasons will not catch her off guard. 
Look at verse 27. Her management is exceptional. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Oh, it was some time back. I thought I would do a little research, see if it had changed, and it had. I read this chart that talked about everything that a mother does for her household and how they would put it to the business description. You know, instead of taking children to their events, she was a time manager. Instead of cooking three meals a day, she was the maitre d' and she was the cook. And how it explained, and then they paralleled those jobs of what they would pay today. And by the time they were done, let me tell you something, ladies. You got a six-figure income coming to you if you don't already have it. It is amazing when you take a look at how in the world they are able to manage everything. I am amazed with some of our mothers at Eastside, how they're able to manage everything. And from time to time I look at them and I said, tell your youngin' no. That's enough. They're going to wear you out. Who runs the schedule? Them or you? Let me tell you something precious about some of the parents and this management and looking at clothing's plentiful. Well, let me drop to the 27 and 28. How her evaluations are always a 10. Children will rise up and call her blessed. Why will they do that? Because that's what they're taught. 3 John verse 4. They walk in truth. They learn this from mom. They learn this from dad. But the influence of mom is amazing. Now for my illustration. Last Saturday, Renita and I met some friends in Madisonville. They live in Maryville. And so we find Madisonville is about a halfway point. And so we met up there, ate at a great place up there and spent some time with Kevin and Angie Vanderwind. And we have fallen in love with them, uh, met them. I, I think I met them through my late friend Tate Williams. And uh, their daughters were friends with Tate and his girlfriend and so on. And, and we were talking about the two girls. And one of them is getting married in August. That's uh, Caitlin. Ariana is very serious with a young man. And and, and 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 needless to say, Kevin and Angie are having a challenge with this. This is hard on them. Their girls are going to be leaving. And the best that I could look at them and say, you know something? You have prayed for this from the standpoint that the two boys that they, one she's going to marry and one looks that way, they are good boys. They're good Christian boys from good families. And one thing that they did is their girls would have friends they met at camp, friends they met at other places that were a good three to four hours away. Let me tell you what those parents did. They would pick a halfway point and they would drive halfway so the girls could spend time with each other at their houses one week and then go back home with them the next week. And I remember one of the parents told me, he said, I would drive round trip ever how long it took to keep my boys and girls with those of like precious faith. I love that. You see, that was that management of that mama that told me that. 
In Proverbs 6, 20 and 21, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. Oh, that's beautiful. You see, those evaluations are always a ten. Her children will call her blessed. Her husband will praise her. Husbands, I want to pause here and I want to put something in. When the wife told her husband one time, you never tell me you love me, and he says, well, I told you I loved you once. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Let me tell you something. Tell her you love her every day. Tell her you love her every day. Spend time with her every day. I was talking one time about stuff for your wife or something in a Bible class and a couple of things I try to do for Renita. And one old boy spoke up and looked at me and he said, Jeff, you're a sissy. I said, Jeff, but I'm a happy sissy. <laughs> there is that beautiful evaluation. That husband looked up. Evaluations are always a 10. This lady is worth her weight in gold. Not only does she have an influence, but she has a household that increases. You take a look in everything we looked at and you see not only is she a 10, her household is a 10. She is able to have that influence. Listen to these texts. Proverbs 14.1 Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands the wise woman knows how to build her house i love titus 2 verse 3 the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness not false accusers not given to much wine teachers of good things why paul that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands to love their children to be discreet chaste keepers at home good obedient to their own husbands that the word of god be not blasphemed Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 14. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now folks, regardless of your household situation, whether married, widowhood, whatever it might be, empty nest or whatever, there is still the influence that continues to increase within your house, and then now as your house becomes other houses. How beautiful that is. You know, I was thinking about the influence. And you know, sometimes maybe we're looking at this thing a little wrong. You know, a lot of times, well, I don't know if it's wrong, but you know, a lot of times there is maybe one lady that may teach a ladies' class. That's cool. That's fine. Uh, maybe the preacher's wife may teach a lady's class. That's cool. That's fine. Elder's wife, whatever. But you know, I got to thinking, what if we were to have classes, say on a Wednesday night, a ladies' class, and what if a different, and I'm going to use the scripture here where I'm showing respect now, but what if a different aged sister taught the class each week? That would be cool. Matter of fact, I'm going to take that back to east side. That would be cool. You know, think about the aged ladies, and someone will say, well, I don't have nothing I could say. Yes, you do. I see what you do before worship, sitting with the four or five ladies you always sit with. You've got plenty to talk about. And I mean that with respect. You've got plenty to share. And imagine 
What if there was one lady that excelled in the household? Excelled in the merchant's ships? What if there's a dear lady whose husband has passed on that could tell those girls about the beauty of marriage? Man, I think we're on to something there. Hmm, that's something we're going to have to work on back home. Maybe we could work on it here. That's Titus chapter 2 put in action. You see, folks, that lady is worth her weight in gold because not only does she influence that husband, but her household increases. Here's one of my favorites. She's worth her weight in gold because she has a work ethic that impacts. I like this one. I want you to look at verse 13. I want you to look at verses 16 through 20 and 24 and let me hit some highlights. I want you to watch this woman's work ethic. First of all, verses 13 and 19 tells us she has hands that work. You and I cannot help but to think about Dorcas. In Acts, the ninth chapter, starting with verse 36, she was one who was full of good works, and all when she passed, how she was sorely missed. Listen to Ruth chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. The Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. She went to glean in the field. As we see, after the reapers, they had reaped, but there was always the spot that a certain amount left so that the poor could come and glean. They may go over into a corner of the field or whatever. Ruth had that attitude of work to where, look, I am tending to my mother-in-law. I'm going to do this. And she just so, I love that her hap was to light on the part of the field. She just happened, oh yeah, yeah, God's hands in it all. And that field of Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And of course, you know the rest of the story. She was gleaning in the field. Boaz gleaned upon her. And there was gleaming at the end of the book. How beautiful. It's that work ethic. How about when Rebecca was drawing water for Abraham's servant? When you go back to Genesis 24. And how Rebecca... You see, it's this, it's this work ethic that stands out. Not only is there an influence, not only is there an influence and a household that increases, but we see this build. She's got a work ethic that impacts Ladies, you've got a work ethic. Your work, your weight in gold, you've got a work ethic that impacts. There's nothing wrong with good work. It's your kitchen. You don't go in another woman's kitchen. She wants it done this way. This is the way she does the floor. This is the way she does it. That impacts people. 
Notice verse 16 and verse 24. She has a mind that thinks. She's constantly working and she's thinking and she has that love of the Lord in her heart, her soul, and her mind. And she is thinking around all of that. Notice the strength that continues. Verse 17, she girds her loins. Parallel that with Philippians 4.13. We can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. Context there, we can do all things to His glory and He strengthens us. But that word strengthen is a weightlifting term which means the more that you work it, the stronger that you get. And you get better at it. Look at verse 18. She's able to schedule with overtime, if you will. Her candle does not go out by night. She's going to get the job done. There is compassion that is expressed. Look at verse 20. Her hand to the poor, her hands to the needy, makes fine linen, sells it, girdles unto the merchant. Oh, I think of Psalm 41.1, Blessed is he that considereth the poor, the Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. To where Jesus said in Acts 20.35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, how about that sweet woman in Bethany? Mark 14, starting with verse 3. What did Jesus say about her? She had done what she could. Let her alone. She hath done what she could. I want you to notice in verse 26, there's teaching that is valuable. Open her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She's got teaching that is valuable. No corrupt communication is going to proceed out of her mouth. She's going to say which is good for the use of edifying, that it can minister grace unto the hearers, Ephesians 4.29 Dear sisters, don't you ever be weary in well-doing. That's what Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 9. Parallel that in 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. That's the attitude of a champion with diligent work all the way. A work ethic that impacts. Are you falling in love with this woman? Are you falling in love all over again with the virtuous woman who's worth her weight in gold? with influence, and not only that, but a household that increases, and a work ethic that impacts. Are you falling in love with that woman? Are you setting forth these goals saying, I want to be that woman? Are you being renewed in your faith to help you continue to be that woman? Men that are sitting in here, aren't you grateful you got that woman? And aren't you grateful for what she can do for you? Do you know how all this works? You know, they often say you save the best for last. Do you know why we can take a look and we can see her influence? We can see upon her household it's increasing. We can see her impact. Do you want me to tell you why she can do it? Here's the fourth eye. She's worth her weight in gold because of a life that is involved with her Lord there's where it all starts. She is going to influence that husband because God instructs her how. She is going to 
help and involve herself, she's going to be with that household because God teaches her how. She is going to have a work ethic because God teaches her how. Because she is involved with her Lord. Look at verse 25. She has a life that rejoices, not only now, but also in time to come. In Psalm 16 and verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. She, is a, she has a life that rejoices. Look at verse 29. She have a, has a life that excels. She's fighting the good fight. She's going to finish the course. She's going to keep the faith. She is going to excel because laying up for her is a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give her at that day. But not to her only, but all them that love is appearing. Verse 30 reminds us she has a life that fears the Lord. Reverent fear. Isn't that Ecclesiastes 12, 13? Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Solomon said, let's bring it all to the head. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty or the whole of man. And there's going to be a life that's rewarded. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, 21. Verse 31. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Remember how her husband was looked upon in the gates? She's going to be praised in the gates. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, she's worth her weight in gold because of her influence on her husband, the household that increases, the work ethic that impacts, and a life that is involved with her Lord. Man, she's pretty. She's worth asking out. She's worth marrying. She's worth marrying all over again. That is a woman worth her waiting gold. How in the world did she get involved with her Lord? I mean, the impact on her husband, that influence, that household. I mean, we've looked at every avenue of this woman's life. How did she get there? How did it all begin? Sometimes you like to go back some of these TV shows, what they call the prequels. One of my favorites, Ponderosa. I got to understand back 15, 16 years ago how Paul Cartwright got the Ponderosa. The only part of the show I wasn't too crazy about was because you knew that if Adam, Hoss, or little Joe met a woman, it wasn't going to work. Either they were going to break up with her or she was going to die. And most of the time, she died. Because you knew what was going to happen in Bonanza. But I like going back. How does that work? How does that work? Well, let's go back and let's look at a little prequel. This woman is worth her weight in gold. 
Well, how'd she get there? How did she get involved with her Lord? She believed Him. Believed Him with all her heart. Then she took that heart and she repented of her sins. As we see in Acts 2.38. She took that same heart and from it she confessed with her mouth Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 and 10. And as He commanded in Matthew 10.32 and 33. With that heart she believed unto righteousness. Go back to her faith. Then she was baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins, Acts 2.38. She was raised to walk in newness of life. She was baptized into Christ. She got involved with her Lord as she was raised to walk in newness of life. As she was placed in the church with her Lord. And she began to grow in the grace and the knowledge of her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, she was involved with her life and it influenced her husband. And it impacted her work ethic. It got her involved with her household. This woman had and is worth her weight in gold because she was obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, whether you are a woman or man, young or old, is it time you get involved with your Lord Jesus Christ? Is it time that you finally obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and do simply what that woman that's worth her weight in gold did? Maybe we've talked about some things tonight. Maybe as we've studied, you're thinking my influence is not what it should be. Maybe my involvement with my Lord is not what it should be. I'm trying to handle matters on my own and I need to rely more on my Lord and rather than my faith gets stronger, my faith is getting weaker. Let's pray with you. Let's pray for you. Because we all want to be champions. And we are able to do that through our Lord Jesus Christ who bids you to come as we stand and sing.